Welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitake, and I'm so excited that you've tuned in. Our mission is focused on connecting, developing, and inspiring young business leaders to find and pursue their purpose. This podcast is sponsored by Trost Marketing. Promoting your business through marketing is essential for growth. Without marketing, you lack the ability to create a conversation with your potential customers. At Trost Marketing, we provide marketing solutions that fuel growth. We are your source for all of your printing needs, as well as branded apparel and promotional items. If your business wants to stand out to potential customers, contact the marketing experts at Trost Marketing. Visit us at trostmarketing.com or call us at 866-492-7820. All right. Young businessmen, welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitaki, and I have my co-host today with me, the most interesting insurance agent in the world, Mr. Brian Smith. Brian, welcome back to the podcast. It's good to see you. Here, here we go again, Evan. Here we go again. In America. I just, in I, I just don't want America. Li- I just don't want to limit you. I feel like you're bigger than that. Like Canada has got a lot of potential for you. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna have to get busy learning languages, though. Um, <laughs> we'll just gotta say you know, a and uh, and everything with sorry, and you're fine. Just add some stuff to it. Yeah, you'll be good, man. It's it's uh, cool to be here. Neo and I were just talking about it's like every time you want to do something, your day is all crazy. I'm sure the listeners, every time they pop us on, they're they're probably thinking, oh, I need to do this, I need to do that. It's kind of been one of those days to where. What? I forgot to do what? And then like, and then you like, kind of like me, I specialize in not forgetting to do stuff. That's like my specialty. And so when I do forget to do something, you know, Anna's pretty quick to be like, oh, Mr. Photographic Memory. And so it's kind of been one of those days to where like the littlest things have stressed me out. Yeah. So I'm kind of glad to kick back a little bit and chill out. And then I find out a few minutes ago, you and I get kicking around some ideas and we're going to we're gonna punch. We're gonna punch it hard today. Yeah, we're supposed to be relaxing, but I guess we got to do what we got to do. Well, first, so. first of all, I, I do want to thank you for joining us. I, I, I don't know how much the the audience knows about you, but I know you're a very busy guy. So the fact that you take time for this is definitely one of those things where I feel very special that you're you're willing to do that, and uh, I believe our audience feels the same way. But kind of getting into what you talked about, just the the topic that we've been kind of teasing a little bit about. Um, is one of those things where, you know, I, I say over and over again that this podcast is really kind of uh, targeted at maybe a, a ten-year younger version of myself and a ten-year uh, version of yourself. And you know, sometimes we can talk about grandiose things and and we can talk about things that are you know very general, very broad. But at the same time, if we're really going to get into it, we got to get a little deeper. We gotta we gotta get to the point where we really start cutting into some stuff. And I as I was talking to you, just really connected with one of the things that, that you said. And so, you know, I, I, I'm excited to dive into this. I'm a little nervous because I think what this is going to do is this is going to ratchet up my conscious mind in terms of the things that I do. But it's, it's something that I want to do because I, I definitely want to be conscious of the things that I do. And I want uh, our listeners to hold us accountable and I want us to hold each other accountable. Well, I'll tell you, Evan, if you think our topic is hard, Think about all those people out there chatting about the uh, election and marches and whatnot. At least we're not having to talk about that. Well, I, I do want to stay as far away from politics as I possibly can <laughs> on this podcast. I am not uh, educated enough to, to dive into it. I, I do 
love the fact that we live in a country where people that uh, have the ability to speak their mind and have that freedom of speech. But uh, I think I think we'll I'll, we'll try to stay on course here with with this podcast in terms of just really trying to help each other grow as opposed to pointing fingers and those those kinds of things. I'm with you. I, talking about those things aren't really any fun. And, and maybe sometime soon we're considering having a podcast where we dive into a few of the topics, probably in a neutral fashion, but we're going to get some opinions out there. We just need some time. Yeah. So today's not that day. (laughs) I don't think today is that day yet. Well, I will say Uh, this. Um, I have, I've been off of Facebook for 21 days. I took a little, uh, social media break. So it actually timed very well because I kind of missed out on a lot of all the back and forth of all my friends. I, I'm always curious to to hear everyone's opinions and those kinds of things, but it was actually really nice to be unplugged from everything. And uh, I was definitely more productive. My mind was a lot clearer. I realized that it is something that actually does eat up a lot of my time. And, you know, if, if, if I would challenge the listeners, if, if you find yourself in a situation where you're on your phone a lot or you're on the computer a lot and you're constantly checking all those different things. Um, I think there's a balance of where it's, you know, informative, entertaining and those kinds of things. But I think more often than not, it becomes a priority. And uh, I would challenge you to, to try to find a way to take a break from it. And actually, you'll actually see how much of a priority it is in your life. It's, it's one of those things where, you don't realize how much you're doing it until you force yourself to to kind of remove that habit. And it was definitely enjoyable. I, I, I think I'm going to kind of stay uh, not near as engaged as I have been in the past, um, but try to limit it because it's definitely one of those things that I, I believe became a priority in my life. And I definitely want to try to find a way to get some get some more balance with it. Well, I'll tell you. Evan, I'm, I'm with you on that. It's taken me a couple of years to get there. I used to be accused of being on my phone all the time and jokes were made. I've made a concerted effort over the last couple of years to not have that joke made. Yeah. You know, not not be that guy that's like, oh, you're probably on your phone. And, you know, I was telling you all ago and thinking about this effort you're making and, and I think it runs, you know, we're always going to say stuff in here not, not everyone agrees with. And, and I think we're both open to that if if the listeners don't agree, call us, email us, social media, us, direct message us. But, you know, hearing you talk about getting out of Facebook for a little bit is kind of like this idea I was talking to you about before that the, that the man of God is known by what he runs from. Yeah. And so ultimately what you've noticed in your life is that maybe it's not like Facebook is wrong. It's not the Facebook. It's the time that it's stealing from you in other areas that you want to do. So now what you're learning to do is say, you know what, I'm going to get off this thing for a little bit and see if I'm equipped to manage it. Yeah. You know, can I do this for this amount of time a day? But if I can't, I want to be known as a man of God that runs from things that dominate me or that control me or that fill my time. Otherwise than that I could be doing something more valuable. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, when you look at what you're talking about, what what are you defined by? What are the, what are the characteristics that you have? What are the values that you hold? I, I would liken some of that to you know what kind of integrity do you have? What kind of character do you have? What what kind of uh, I mean you name it. There's a lot of things that kind of make you who you are, and the little decisions that you make each day are the sum total of your character. And so that, that's kind of one of the things that we, we really wanted to dive into today is talking a little bit about character, but more, more specifically talking about 
having integrity and being a person of integrity. Because for me, when I did that social media fast where I hopped off of Facebook, it would have been really easy for me to hide it. I mean, if I really wanted to get on and scroll through and, and, and do all that stuff, those were, it was more of a challenge to myself. It wasn't necessarily something that anybody else around me was making me do. It wasn't something that um, was like a requirement for my job or anything else like that. I'm in marketing, so obviously I, I do have to be in, in, engaged in Facebook and those uh, different platforms. But it, it really came down to I purposed that I was going to stay off of it. And whether or not I decided to get on was completely up to me. But it was one of those things where I had to be very conscious about it because what I did is I logged out of it on my phone. And I realized that I automatically would click on that side of my phone um, whenever I powered it up in, in the very beginning. So I would turn on my phone and one of the first parts of my phone that I would uh, hit on the touchscreen would be with that Facebook thing. And as soon as that page started to load, I was like, holy, holy cow, I, I'm, I'm automatically programmed to turn this thing on. And so after about two or three days, I, I finally started stopping to do that. But that was, I had to put like a little um, things in place to make sure that I didn't just automatically do it. Because it's one thing to say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to unplug from it. I'm just not going to click on it. But I, I found out myself that I automatically clicked on it just subconsciously. Well, I heard what you said you wanted to talk about, and I don't care. I want to talk about some other stuff. <laughs> so I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. It goes it goes along with you. Hearing you talk about, what do you think about this, you know? Small, small sin can turn into big sin when it's regarded as small sin. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, you, you classify something as not a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. Well, eventually, that big deal becomes either a big deal or it already was. You were just classifying it incorrectly. Yeah. It's talking about this seed of growth in your life that can happen. And not not to, you know, you know, bury on you about this. It's just your topic. We, we've all got them, you know. Yeah. I, in fact, 99.9% of the listeners we have today probably share that same one with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I look at it this way. It's not about how close you can get to the line. It's, you know, it's about never getting there. And unfortunately, in our way of life, we rarely learn that way. Mm-hmm. We're, we're rarely ever so in touch with our spirit that we heed warnings before we ever redline. Usually we end up in that red line, and then all of a sudden we're having to drop down on our knees or something and beg for forgiveness. You know, and I, at least that's me. You know, I'm so bad at going, oh, my gosh, I'm 100 yards away. Heed the warning. Stop. I don't. I'm like, eh, I'm good. You know, <laughs> I, I can keep doing this. Yeah. And so it's like that topic I was telling you before. I, you know, with your permission, I kind of want to for a couple minutes dig into this this thing I've been thinking about myself and compromise, you know. Yeah. I, I think about and, and, this, and this is a kind of an opinion, but it's almost like a fact, too. If it can be, you know what I mean? It's like, surely it's my opinion because I'm saying it, but I'm so convinced about it that I want to also label it a fact. But I feel like you can get near it without, you, you can't get near it without getting in it every once in a while. It being that, that thing, you know, that, that thing, that, that person, that thing, that situation that could cause us temptation, that could cause us disaster. And like, think of, you never got there, but think of the people with the social media potentially doing things or falling into things they shouldn't. Well, 
you can't really get close to it without getting in that every once in a while. So, I mean, one basic, okay, Evan, you're a married man. Be pretty easy to jump on the old Facebook every once in a while and maybe search up that old high school flame, mm-hmm. right? That'd be easy to do. I technically well, so, married my high school fling, so. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, and for the record, I did not call her a fling. You did. I said flame. Flame? But, oh, I thought that you said yeah. fling. No, no, no. It's Never. Must, must be this technology but breaking y- you You know what I mean, though? There's a lot of people out there, dude, that, oh, Facebook is this this thing they do, this friend they're keeping up with their friends, but what they're hiding is that they use it as a tool to maybe look up that old friend that they're curious about. Oh, I wonder what they're doing. Let's catch up, even though they're married. Yeah. That's compromise. You know, and what that person has to do is if they can't do that, you know what they need to do? Flat, get rid of Facebook. Mm-hmm. Get it off your phone. You know, and I, we're going to hit some things today. You're going to hit some things. We're not telling people how to live. I'm saying, dude, hey, Evan, hey, Brian. This is a thing you need to listen to. I need to listen to, to, to this stuff too. It's if we're going to help business owners, if we're going to help men of faith, if we're going to help people, we're going to have to talk about real stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like what today is. You know, we love the motivation, the the, the quotes, the the jokes. We love all that. But every once in a while, we can't just scratch the surface of a topic. Every once in a while, we got to just puncture it and say, you know what? If we're going to be men of faith, if we're going to lead the community. We better get these things straight in our lives, too, yeah. you know? Well, it, it reminds me of a story that I heard. It was kind of along the same lines, and I, I know it's not going to be exact because I'm going to be kind of trying to remember it as I tell it, but it, it reminds me of I, I, was, I was hearing a guy who's talking about an alcoholic, and he basically said that this alcoholic had been sober for about two or three years, and they were very, very proud of it. They had graduated from the programs. They were you know, getting to a point in their life that they, you know, really were feeling free from the desire to drink. And one day they were on a trip and uh, he realized that he didn't have any money in his wallet. So he needed to get some cash. Uh, So he was looking around and trying to figure out what to do. And he started asking some people and said, hey, you know, where can I find an ATM? And the person said, well, we don't have an ATM here, but if you go across the street to the bar, there's an ATM in the back. And it's one of those things where he was just like faced with that small decision right there is like, do I walk as a past alcoholic? Do I walk into that bar to get to the ATM? And after much reflection, he, he felt to himself, you know what? I'm, I've been sober for a couple of years. I think I can uh, handle going in there and, uh, you know, trying to figure out the straightest path in, get the money, get out of the bar you know, won't, won't even have a problem. And so he decides that he's going to walk into the bar, get the cash and get out. So he walks over there, he walks into the bar and he smells that smell and he hears those sounds and the, the lighting's the same. And he's starting to have those flashbacks, but he's just like, you know what, I'm going to get in here and I'm going to get through it. And next thing you know, he gets in there, he gets in line for the ATM, he gets his money, starts walking out and somebody recognizes him. Uh, and so he starts talking to that person and the person's just saying, Hey, you know, Hey, stick around, have a drink. Uh, they don't, they, they remember him from the past him, not from, from the new him. And it's just every little decision, just that we're like where you were talking about, you can't get close enough to it without getting into it. Sometimes it just, it, it, that's how it starts. It's a, do I decide to go into a place where that's potentially a temptation or do I just completely stay away from it and try to figure something else out? And, uh, I, I think that that's, a really important message, especially the, the younger that you can figure it out, the better is that every decision that you make has essentially consequences 
sometimes they're good consequences, sometimes they're bad consequences. But if you know that you have a problem with something or that you're struggling with something, are you making decisions and are you consciously aware that the decisions that you make to, today or at that very moment could lead you closer to getting stuck into something that you don't want to be a part of? You know, and I think about a, um, hearing that story, I think about a, a, f- a phrase that I use with people that I'm kind of coaching a little bit or, or mentoring. And I kind of, I'm going to unpack it a little bit and then we can kind of turn it on ourselves a little bit. So like I always tell these people I'm coaching when they, when they have staffs and teams and people working for them, that people are always going to rise to your lowest expectation. And so when I think about turning that gun on me, you know, turning the sword on myself, I potentially am only going to rise to my lowest expectation of myself. And if my lowest expectation of myself is just to not, oh man, you know, Brian, don't, don't, don't tell lies to this person or don't, don't cheat here or there, but these other things, what I'm going to find myself doing is compromising with myself, negotiating what's okay and what's not okay versus rising to the top, not just jumping up to my lowest expectation, raising the bar up, outdoing the expectation just to stay clean and clear away from that shady gray area of life. Um, you know, the path to success is paved with mistakes well handled. And so when I'm trying to teach people about this topic, I'm usually almost always teaching myself. I think about mistakes I've made. You can change the trajectory of an outcome or result by the way you handle the mistake, by the way you handle your problems. If you handle them terribly, you can keep going in the wrong direction, but you can also revive your situation, save your situation by handling the mistakes you've made better. And and, and with a word that everyone probably overuses a little bit, but you and I were kicking it around too when it comes to integrity. You know, integrity and character are just those those uh, those little things that stick their hat out. And, and the way I see them is integrity and character are kind of exposed or confirmed while someone is having some adversity. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's the best time to find out what is someone made of. They're also developed you know? during adversity. Yeah, grown, grown and learned. So, I mean, this compromise subject that we're hitting on today is so tough because I think as for me as a, a Christian guy who's grown up in church – and I, and I could throw in lots of terms and character and integrity, compromise, all these. It's like it's assumed. You know, we're good at this, right? We can do this. Well, when reality, maybe you've become immune to what is even compromise. You know, I know I have. Um, over the years, I've thought, you know, I've, I know this stuff so well. I'm immune to compromise. I'm good. Mm-hmm. I can do that. I can handle this. Well, I'm already compromising. I'm already saying I have no need for boundaries. You know, I'm good. I'm safe. Dude, everyone needs boundaries. Yeah. You know, if, if you as a as a grown man, if I as a grown man, business leader, entrepreneur, leading people, if we don't have boundaries, then we're, we're always in this constant state of compromise. We're, we're never going to just stay away from the line. So it's deep stuff today. You know, I wish we could just talk about the election, but... <laughs> we, <laughs> 
You're making it sound like the election is, is more clean cut and, and easy to, to discuss than this. Well, I love how you talked about boundaries. And one of the first things that popped in my head when you talked about that is when you, when you establish those boundaries, you, you create those boundaries, you're essentially saying no to certain things. And you're kind of essentially telling yourself what to do. And one of the, one of the things that I, just drives me nuts, and I don't know about you, but it drives me nuts when somebody tells me what to do. Part of it, I think, is just the, uh, my personality. Like I, I like to feel like I, I know everything, and, and in 99.9% of the time I do. But if, if there's somebody who's you know, kind of coming in here and telling me how to do something or whatever else, my first reaction is to stiffen up. And so those boundaries are one of those things that when I start hitting up against those, it's almost like either a challenge to me or it's something that builds resentment. Do you, do you feel that with uh, when you kind of approach boundaries? You know, in, in what that is, Evan, if you think about it as men, we're wired up as hunters, we're a lot of us are kind of controlling and feel like we can do it. When someone starts to say, you know, we need to have boundaries, I think it's a two-part thing. And it's almost hard to put into words, but one part of it is is that that macho, I can handle this. I don't need you telling me what to do. You know, that ego pops up a little bit. Yeah. But the deep part is this, dude. This is the real stuff. I think that other part of it is we know good and well we enjoy whatever that one thing was. We like it. We're tempted to do it, see it, look at it. And if we set those boundaries up, we're telling ourselves, we're making it public to ourselves that we believe it's wrong. And then all of a sudden our guilt comes in. Uh And so we would almost rather be egotistical and say, oh, I can do this. But what we're really saying is we know good and well we can't do it. We don't want to stop. And so ultimately... You know, it, it's it's almost like you have to admit, number one, that thing that you're trying to boundary yourself from is wrong and you don't need to do it and you should stay away from it. That's step one, because if you're not going to do it, you're not going to put the boundary up. You know, I mean, here's the deep stuff. How many people and I know there are some, but it doesn't compare at night. You drive by the old strip club during the day. There's not nearly as many cars you go by at night. And there's lots of cars. The reason for that is, is it's time to hide. It's dark. It's, it's a time to where maybe it's not as accountable to the world. You, you, you feel different. You can sneak out. I I saw, and then this is for the men out there, um, trying to help and coach young guys. Did you know that statistically almost everyone that checks out porn on their phone or on their computer, Evan, and and this is a sad topic, but they do it in the dark. Have you ever thought about that? I've not thought about that. Well, it's it's the real stuff. The, the reason why people do that in an addiction is because in their mind, the dark is equated to alone. Yeah. No one's around. No one can see me. Try doing the same and, thing in the light with a bunch of mirrors around you. <laughs> yeah. It's you you would never do that. Yeah. You would you would never do that. And, you know, I'm not saying that you would do it either way, but we're just talking about the real stuff here today. And, and everyone's guilty of at least one thing in their life. I can tell you that this whole topic about compromise and boundaries is ultimately, I think sometimes us men at least don't set up boundaries because we don't actually want to either, number one, admit it's wrong or number two, we don't want to stop doing it. We just want to put on the act that we want to stop doing it. But in secret, 
we want to continue doing whatever it is. And so you're a married man. And so maybe you're saying you're putting up these boundaries because you're married and you want to do this. But maybe that married man that doesn't set up the boundaries, what he's trying to say is like, I don't want to stop doing whatever that is. Yeah. And it's, it's such a tough place to be. What, what my heart is, is that I've, I've had imperfect times in my life, um, as a leader, as a husband and dad. So what my heart is, is for people is that I can meet people that are going through these things that are bold enough to share it. Yeah. They're bold enough to say, dude, I'm struggling with X, Y, Z. And then I can turn around and say, look, dude, I've been there. I've, I've, I've been in that same mud that you're in right now. And here's how you get out of it. Because without brothers leading brothers, without us men being able to put our arms around each other and help each other, we never get to the real stuff, man. Men are so synonymous with going out, having some burgers or some wings, scratching the surface on a bunch of crap that doesn't matter, like, you know, sports and fights. And how's your, how's your work doing, Evan? How's your January? You're going to, are you going to do good? When really what I need to be starting with is, dude, how are your kids? Yeah. How, how is, how is your, your fling? (laughs) How is your wife? Uh, dig in, but we don't do it because it takes so much time for us to peel back these layers and, and do the, that relationship stuff. Whereas I think women, once they kind of establish some friends they're they get to the heart of the issue much better because they're so much more superior to us emotionally. But that's my heart. You know, I'm hoping that we, we start to meet some people. You start to meet some people that are bold enough to say, man, I am struggling with this at YBT at, at wherever. And we can turn around and start helping each other rise up a little bit, you know, to that higher expectation. Well, that was that was a lot to uh, digest right there, but I I am in one hundred percent agreement with you because I will say that when you do have people holding you accountable and you feel comfortable to get yourself to that place where you're vulnerable, which I don't think is a natural thing for guys to do, is to uh, either embrace vulnerability or put themselves in a position to be vulnerable. Um, that's really against our character, but I will say that. If you do put yourself in that position and you allow people to speak into your lives, and I think that's where the mentorship comes in. I think that's where, you know, really networking with the right kinds of people and finding environments where you can have those deeper conversations. I think that's where we can really start to grow as men, as husbands, as leaders. I mean, there's so much more beyond just being perceived invincible. I think that the guy who's perceived to be invincible is the guy who's hurting the most inside, who probably has the most to hide. That's the shell that they get to hide behind. But the guy who's vulnerable and the guy who puts himself out there and is approachable and has those boundaries, I think people feel safe around those kinds of people because first of all, they're, they're attracted to the, the fact that, you know, this, this is a real person. This is, this is somebody who has flaws. This is someone who has mistakes and I think there's, we're, it's a lot easier for us to connect to that than it is to, you know, all my clothes are made of Teflon. Nothing sticks to me. It all bounces off, and you know, I don't have any problems. I, I don't, I don't. That may be you, but not me. Like I, I can go into a strip club and not even have to worry about it because I love my wife. Well, that's, I mean, that doesn't 
that's not a relatable person. That's somebody who's delusional (laughs) more than anything else. But I I do want to kind of circle back to one of the things that you said. It was the the quote that you said that the path to success is paved on mistakes well handled. And I want to dig into that a little bit deeper because I think that right there is, is partially the key to really identifying how to overcome those little challenges that help you get further along in the path to success because it's not this big black and white decision every single time something comes along. A lot of times it's that very, very small decision. Like in the story I said, it's do I go to that ATM or do I just wait and try to find something else? My question to you would be this, what is the process or how do you approach a mistake and handle it well? Man, that's such a tough one. You know, when I think about that quote, so that the path to success is you know, really predicated on these mistakes well handled. I think about the mistakes made. You can't correct the mistake a lot of the times, but it's really starts now tapping on that integrity piece on, okay, adversity is right now. You're in the current and it's adversity. How do you leave that moment? How do people see you after it? Have you um, corrected relationship flaws that you potentially created during it? Did, Did you sew those up? Did you handle them? Like the Bible would tell us to, did you go to your brother or did you not? Did, you know, so I look at it, it's so hard without certain, you know, like a specific situation because it can go so many different ways. But I think really what that quote is saying is, look, the mistake is still going to be there. Yeah. What I'm really trying to tell you is that you can still be on the right path as long as you sew this thing back up in a godly manner. Did you go back and, and correct your relationships? Did you make right what you did wrong? When you walk away from it, the people involved, can they say, he did right by that mistake? He he did right by that and fix it? Or are they going to say, he always does that? He always avoids confrontation or he avoids the situation. And now all of a sudden, your path changes because you trend to be this person that makes mistakes but is never willing to go back and fix the people or the places or things that you messed up. Yeah, and I think that goes back to some of the stuff we've talked about in the past is being uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to address those mistakes, and it's painful. I mean, I, I think of you know certain instances where you know husbands have uh, you know had affairs or even mental affairs. I, that's a new one for me, but uh, you know they'll, they'll have these conversations. They're putting they're starting to put themselves in these situations where they're starting to have more of an emotional connection with somebody else. And they, at some point, realize they're a little too far down the path. They may have not gone down the full-blown affair path, but they've gone far enough that they know that they've made a mistake and they need to address it. And I think the hardest part or the most painful part about that is admitting that you have that. And then second of all, clearing it up, like taking the steps to fix it. And, and, and when you do that, it just, in my mind, it's so painful because that's basically admitting that you've kind of just done this scumbag thing. And... It's going to take a while, and, and it's not something that immediately gets fixed. And so the sooner that you can recognize it, obviously, the better. The farther down you get that path, that's where it gets even more and more painful every, every single time. But I, do, I, I think I've said this quote on the podcast before, but I think it's very appropriate for this. It says something to the effect of, any fool can learn by experience, but I choose to learn from others. And I think that you know having a, a conversation like this, but also being very aware of your surroundings when things are going on in your world and you see people make mistakes, watch and see what those consequences are. Watch and see how they handle those and look and try to model your response 
to the responses that you see are the ones that are the correct response and try to run away from and avoid those responses that are obviously the ones that are not going to reconcile or fix those problems. Well, think about what you just said, Evan. You're talking about a mental or affair or any type of affair. That didn't just happen. It didn't just wake up one day and do that. No. we got to remember how we kicked the show off. You can't get near it without getting in it yeah. sometimes. That all starts as this little bitty thing, a flirtatious text or look. And so the path to success, to kind of tie this together, the path to success is, you know, predicated on this, this mis- you know, handling mistakes, you know, better or, or, or mistakes well handled, like the quote says exactly is. I think about, so you got yourself into that. It didn't just happen. You know, so you've already made the mistake of going back to that and kind of taking a look, taking one more step, one more step, and all of a sudden you're in it. Yeah. Right? So, okay, so how do we get back on that path? How, because the things we're talking about right now, people deal with. This is real stuff. We're not even going to talk about stuff on our podcast that happens once. You know, this is unfortunately a, an epidemic amongst men especially. Um, so we're, we're, we're scraping on it pretty hard, but... And, and me and you and I are going to learn from this. I, I love talking about this stuff because it keeps me straight. Mm-hmm. It keeps me where I need to be, and I hope it does that for you and other people as well. But I think about how do we fix that deal, and, and you're alluding to the mistakes made. You, you've made multiple mistakes, actually, because you're in the situation. So right. you've had to mess up a few times. It's four, five, so, six, seven decisions sometimes. Yeah. You know, there's Now we gotta, now we got to turn around, and we got to fix that deal. And, you know, so your wife knows now she's found out one, you've got to beg for forgiveness to your savior. You know, we, we believe that the Lord has offered to forgive us. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And so that's deep. And I know, but ultimately that's our belief. Well, then we've got to turn to our spouse and admit our wrong. She, she knows now. And, and we're, we're basically, if we want to get to restoration and we want her to trust us again, We've got to turn around and do all the right things. That's a mistake well handled. I mean, that quote isn't going to help your spouse in the moment, but it needs to be ringing clear in your own mind. How do I correct this and get right back on that path? Well, saying you're not wrong, ignoring it, letting it go, hiding it, or continuing to do it has adjusted your path. And if you're not careful, it could maybe not be permanent because anything is changeable, but you could start to make that altered path a little more foundational and permanent in your life if you're unwilling to change it. It's just like we all say, if you don't start trying to lose weight till you're 50, it's going to be hard. Mm-hmm. You know, the longer you let something go, the more foundationally permanent it come, becomes. You know, the, the Lord can change anything, no doubt. But ultimately, the longer you're doing these things or thinking about these things or practicing these things, you're, you're your, your uh, path is becoming altered. Yeah. You know, it's, you're not on that pathway to success anymore. It's starting to curve and change on you. And the longer you do that, the harder it is to get back. Well, I, I love the weight loss analogy because I mean, that one's, that one's something that's visible, right? So, uh, you, you, you get to a point where you, um, you make those small decisions. Like I'm going to go back for seconds. I'm going to go get dessert. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to eat after eight o'clock at night. Like all those little tiny decisions are things that add up to basically you being 20, 30, 40 pounds overweight. And so I, I think that's one of the ones that like you can actually see, you can see the results of those tiny little decisions. And, 
you know, I, I, I believe that that's one of those things where, you know, everybody struggles with that. And I, I'm no exception to that. I love a good cheeseburger. But when you really start holding yourself accountable and putting those borders on, uh, I'm not going to eat this. I'm not going to eat after this time. I am going to eat these things. Then you can start to see the results too. And you can, it, it doesn't happen right away. It, it's definitely not immediate. And uh, it's one of those things where you have to actually do more to overcome the mistakes that you had made in the past. So it's not just eating healthy. It's now it's eating healthy and exercising. It's eating healthy and making sure that you're, uh, you know, drinking lots of water and you're, you're, you're getting the vitamins. So it's almost like mistakes well handled is your handling is almost overcoming those smaller mistakes. And ultimately it would lead to you getting healthy again and, and losing that weight. But like you said, the farther down the path you go, the older you get, the more difficult it's going to be. And so if anything right now, and, and this is, again, talking to myself 10 years ago or talking to our listeners who are you know, just, just getting started or finding themselves in these situations where they, they've recognized, okay, you know what, you read my mail a little bit, I have made a mistake, whether it's diet, whether it's pornography, whether, whether it's you know, drinking or drugs or whatever it is. I mean, there's, there's, there's a big list of them. If you've heard this and recognize, hey, this, the, this is a something that I'm connecting with, recognize that first and foremost you need to repent. You need to identify that what you're doing is something that you don't want to do anymore and take steps towards getting back on track. And in some cases, and, and I would say in most cases, those steps are going to be bigger steps than the tiny steps it took to get you there. That That's exactly what it's going to take. But, you know, it's it's hard work. You know, you and I are talking about it and it sounds like, oh, okay, this is what I do. This is what I do next. This is what I do. It's so much harder than that, and we're not trying to convince anyone it's not. We're just trying to say, look, we all deal with it. We've got a, a group of mostly men um, meeting every single month that's there for you to come talk about, make rela- relationship with. We have the forum that people can come to and build relationships and and really start to become accountable, you know, if that's what they're looking for, which we all need. I just want the listeners to know once a month, come to the group, build those relationships, listen to the podcast. We're always going to be talking about business and faith and, and manhood and, and, all, and all these different types of things. So we'd love to, for people to keep getting involved. Um, we can't forget, Evan, too, as we're kind of coming to a close, we got to, do you know about the gala? Have you been, have you been the listening? Joy, joy in the Cause Gala? Yeah, we're, so we're kind of partnering with them a little bit this year and we want to play you know we've done the gala in the past it's just such a big deal and you always got to find a a cause you know for it or a benefit and this year it made a ton of sense to partner up with them it's a great cause we've already supported it's a it's an audience that we we don't completely have relationship with so just want to let the guests know get to ybt we'll be talking about the podcast some more um, and, and there's ways to get involved in that gala as far as being a sponsor, buying a table, or just being a guest. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll put – this podcast will come out and a little bit further into February, but we'll put the, uh, the links in the, in the notes so that people can uh, participate. And definitely, if, if you're listening to this after that time, uh, the organization is called Joy to the Rescue – and it's a fantastic organization. So I'll put a link in there as well if you guys want to donate directly to them if you're not able to get there in time uh, for the actual gala. But, Brian, thank you for your honesty, for your transparency, for uh, really challenging uh, me and our listeners 
to to look a little bit more closely at our character and at our integrity because it's not just something that you write on a on a on a billboard or on the wall and and say that it's something that you strive to. It's a daily it's a daily task. It's a daily path that we take. And uh, I think this is something that we constantly have to remind ourselves with. It's not comfortable to talk about, but I believe that if you are intentional with the decisions that you make and the boundaries that you set for yourself and not, don't just float through life and just try to make decisions on the fly, like we'll figure it out when we get there, that's not going to work with the further that you get into life. So you have to have that plan and you have to be intentional. Hey, I, I can't forget. Can't forget to remind you about something. What's that? Never forget to call BrianSmith.com. <laughs> the most insurance, uh, most interesting insurance agent in America. Young businessmen, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about the young businessmen of Tulsa, check out our website at www.ybtok.com or email us at ybtoklahoma at gmail.com. If you live in the Tulsa area and would like to hear one of our great speakers live at our monthly luncheon, we meet on the second Monday of every month from 12 to 1 p.m. Like us on Facebook for details about locations and upcoming speakers. Lastly, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes and share us with your friends. Thank you for tuning in to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast, where we connect, develop, and inspire young businessmen to find and pursue their purpose.